And then finally, it was just like, my mind was like, okay, here we go. And I was like, oh, okay. And I started to feel better. Dizwins Radio, episode 1004, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just a reminder that one of those things that I have available that uh, sometimes they get used often, sometimes not so much, it's all good, one way or the other, if you need them, they're there, and it is the old consult call, a uh, chance to get on the phone, get on the Zoom, whatever whatever works best for you, quite, quite frankly, um, and kind of talk through whatever it is that you're struggling with. Maybe it's a little injury niggle, maybe you're kind of not sure you know, how to put your training together for an upcoming race, maybe there's something else that you're dealing with that... Uh, you just want to get some feedback on a little outside, more objective opinion, something like that. Um, I can do that. I can do that. Actually, just did a, a consult call recently, looking for kind of kind of helping to map out the the better part of 2022 for a, a certain gentleman. So you know, we might do a couple more calls as we go. Who knows? We'll we'll see how it shakes out and, and what he needs. But if that might be something that would be useful to you, whether it's now or whether it's somewhere in the future, just remember that disruns.com/consultation is available. Um, and happy to kind of listen and offer some thoughts, maybe something that you hadn't thought about before, maybe make it simple, uh, hopefully make it simple so you can just be like, oh yeah, do X, Y, Z and keep things moving. So again, if that's ever something that you might need, disruns.com slash consultation now into the new year, wherever, uh, the option is always there. Now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey y'all, uh, my guest today is someone that, uh, I've been Interested in chatting with for a while now, and and you know after various social media conversations and interactions over the the past several months, just like yeah, like like we need to make a, a chat happen. And, and finally, uh, after after a little while of, of wrangling and trying to just align schedules, which you know that that happens from time to time, uh, we've been able to, to get things lined up, set up, and uh, and here we are. So uh, lots of like I said in the in the little bit of, of the interactions we've had, uh, there's lots of different topics we could get to, and and honestly. Not entirely sure where today's conversation is going to go, but hey, let's let's just leap without a net and see where it takes us. So uh, it's a pleasure to be able to uh, to welcome Mr. Keith West to the show. So uh, thanks for joining us, today, Keith. Really appreciate it. Yeah, glad to be here. Glad to be here. And uh, guys, if you enjoyed today's conversation, you kind of you know want to want to have another another good social media person to follow and interact with and engage with. Uh, Keith makes it pretty easy on both Instagram and Twitter. It's the same handle both places, and it's just at runner west so just like it sounds like it should be spelled r-u-n-n-e-r-w-e-s-t all one word no random underscores or dots or dashes or anything like that just at runner west on both instagram and twitter and uh, of course as per usual i've linked up in the show notes for today and, and you know social media handles and whatever else we talk about today disruns.com slash 1004 i'll get you back to the show notes for today disruns.com slash 1004 so keith the way we always uh, start off each episode of the show Pretty simple question, um, and and sometimes it's it's a little bit of a tricky one to answer. But one way or the other, it gives us kind of a, a launching point to get into the conversation. And it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race, and why? My favorite distance to race is probably the 10k 
because it's probably right in the middle of the 5K and the half marathon in the general racing scheme. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I can roll out of the bit most days and grind my way through a 5K. I can put in some training, some decent training for a half marathon or longer. But that 10K, eh, it's a little tricky. It's a little different training between the five and the half marathon, I would say. Yeah, totally. It's it's like that. It's that blend of you, you definitely got to have. I mean, of course, you got to have endurance for for the five k too. But it's like for the five k, you just feel like if you're racing it hard, you're just kind of pushing it the whole way. Ten k, you're pushing it, but there's some strategy involved and and certainly the endurance piece as well. Uh, but you don't have as long to to ease into it as you do for the half and longer. So I get I get your logic, and uh, I think I I think I agree. The ten k for me, uh, it's one of those overlooked distances, but it's it's a good fun challenge. It is, it is. And I don't think, living in Florida, there's not enough 10Ks out there, in my opinion. Amen to that, brother. I, I'm, uh, I'm not exactly sure exactly where you are, but I feel like I'm in, I'm in Lakeland, so not too, I don't think too far from where you are. Uh, and yeah, Central Florida, not a whole lot of, of, not as many 10K options as I would like there to be. It would be nice if you could find a 10K just about anywhere, uh, and certainly here locally. There's, there's like maybe one, eight, one or two per year, and that's about it. But 5Ks, like... Every weekend, you can find a half a dozen 5Ks, it seems like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Orlando, there's a 5K almost every weekend, it feels like. But a 10K, unless you're running trails, which I'm not a big fan of, yeah, it's tough to find a 10K distance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I feel like that's that's been a, a theme that's kind of emerged a few times over the over the years. Of It seems like in, in a lot of places, it'd be nice to have a few more 10Ks. So I don't know. Somebody somebody listening, go make that happen. Bring us Bring us some 10Ks. Because uh, everybody wants to run them, but uh, you know, whatever. I don't know where I'm going with that thought. So anyway, let's let's shift gears. Keith, how'd you get started in, in running? Is it is it something that uh, you've been been doing for for a long time? Just a you know, re- relatively recently. Where'd you where'd you get started in the sport? I will say relatively recent. I used to hate running. <laughs> running, running was like the punishment of sports when I was <laughs> growing up, and it was. Anything more than a mile would just severely hurt what I thought was my lower back, but really just turned out to be a hip issue. Mm. But yeah, grinding out anything more than a mile for the longest time was just painful. And then one day I was at work and one of my area managers, he was a runner, and we had just started talking I don't even know how it started, but we started talking about running and, you know, how he got started in running and how he thought he was in shape and he couldn't do it. And right around that time, we were there was a um, – the Iowa Corporate 5K was coming up. And so we decided that we were going to do it as a team-building exercise. And so my goal was to see if I could run – to run a 5k and that's how it all started gotcha gotcha um were you you know before that you know like you said like anything more than a mile was 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 pretty bad were you were you you know involved in other athletic athletic or athletics i guess is the word i'm trying to go for um you know like in in high school or or growing up or 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 not even so much doing you because i guess what i'm asking is i'm the kind of kid or i was the kind of kid where i hated running 
but throw a ball on the field, I'll run all day. You know, whatever the sport is, didn't matter. I'm all in on, on running and playing and chasing and whatever. Um, but just running, no, no, no dice. Was, was that similar with you or not so much? Oh, absolutely. From sun up to sundown, I was usually out playing something, baseball, football, basketball, you know, and it was, it was also one of those things where running wasn't available to me as a kid. You know, my high school didn't have a track program or anything. So there was that middle school. We didn't have a track program. So running wasn't, Running competitively wasn't exactly something that I grew up with either. Right. You know, you saw it every four years during the Olympics, and that was about it. Right. Yeah, and that that, that makes that makes sense. That you know, in that in that at least in that in that line of thinking, line of thought from from how I'm hearing it, um, to think that running is a punishment because that's you know if you're playing other sports like a lot of times it is, um, or it's the pre pre practice or preseason conditioning, but it's not the fun part. Um, and there is never a, an outlet to make running fun. So yeah, why would you, why would you want to do it? Absolutely. So, you know, so, it was like, oh, I played yeah. baseball, you know, you know, if I play in baseball, it was like, Oh, you struck out twice, go run two mm-hmm. laps. You know, that was, you know, that's pretty much how it was equated for me as a kid. You know, it wasn't, you know, once a year during PE was okay, go run the mile you got, 12 minutes to do it. Right. Okay. Let's get this over with. Right. Yeah. And then it was the, at least for me, it was, it was, there was some kids that, that like just had it like, and not even that they were like quote unquote runners for, for running cross country or track or whatever, but like they just go out, cruise the athletes, no big deal. Um, and then there was me, maybe not quite bringing up the rear, but certainly not out at the front, just kind of trudging through hating, hating it. And, and no wonder, um, it took me uh, similar to you. I think it took, it took a while. It took it into a little bit of adulthood to kind of get, get bit by the bug. So when, when you have this opportunity to, to, you know, do the, the corporate 5k, um, and, and the goal of running the 5k and, and like making it happen, what was, what was the early, like, was there, was there a bunch of training for it? Were you just going to show up and do it? Like, how did, how did that kind of go from the idea to that first, that first 5k? I went out not knowing a single thing of what I was supposed to be doing. You know, I would go to the gym, I'd get on the treadmill or the elliptical, and I would do three miles. I wasn't running in running shoes. I was probably running in cross trainers, if I remember correctly, and just, ah, we can do this. And, <laughs> what, you know, what, I, the, what could go wrong? Right, exactly. And I'd work myself up to three miles and eventually on the treadmill, but it was definitely different being outdoors in Florida heat Mm. in the middle of August, pounding pavement with 80% humidity (laughs) as opposed to, as opposed to being in an air conditioned gym Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with the lights off watching a movie as you run. Right. You know that's that's something I've I I don't think I've ever thought of until just now the way the way you put that, but like I've I, I know know enough of people in kind of the Orlando area to, to know about the corporate 5K and 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 yeah why they don't schedule that race for I don't know January December like because in theory yes you're attracting some runners but you're also probably attracting some folks like you who are maybe first first time kind of dipping their toes in or we're doing it as a team building type of thing and yeah to put it to put it in 
August in the, the late afternoon, early evening, I think if, if my time scale is about correct, um, not the most conducive to, you know, decent weather and, and a good experience for those that aren't, aren't really well versed in what running th- in Florida through the summer is actually like. No, not at all. It was, it was miserable. <laughs> I, I don't know what made me come back for more after that. Well, there, there you go. You just you just stole my follow up question because I, I I can understand it being miserable, but what? But but how long? Did, I guess since you don't know what made you come back for it, how long until you came back for the next run after that five k? Was it relatively quick or did it take a little while? It probably took a little while. I think shortly right after that race, we moved up to just outside of Atlanta. Mm. And so I think being in Atlanta helped keep the the running bug alive a little bit just because, oddly enough, Atlanta is a big running city. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, again, working with somebody else who was a runner. And so that just kind of, you know, he started talking to me about the Peachtree 10K and that just kind of kept me kind of kept me going into the into the running world i'll say right right yeah another, you know, and, oh go ahead go ahead i'm sorry you know and it atlanta's another area where you could find you could trip over 5k without mm-hmm. not having to look too hard you know and i remember at the time we were probably maybe a half an hour from the city of Marietta and once a month they would have a, a 5k around their town square followed by a farmer's market. So, I mean, you know, what better way to kick off a Saturday morning than Mm a 5k in a farmer's market, right? Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good start to the weekend. I think at least uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so, so, you know, I guess maybe the, the, the through line here and for, for, at least at the beginning stages, and I, I feel like it's probably true for a lot of folks, a little bit of outside influence, a little bit of peer pressure, you know, a little bit of, of somebody else being like, yeah, you know, running's pretty cool and, and kind of, you know, stick with it a little bit. Do, do you remember a point, and, and maybe it wasn't like a, a one-day type of thing, maybe it was something that kind of happened over the course of, of weeks or months, but, but when did you actually start, you know, looking forward to running and, and feeling like, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm not doing this because I want to be with a friend or, or whatever. Like I actually like enjoy it. I, I look forward to my runs. Can, can you uh, remember kind of when or, when or how that happened? You know, it was probably right away. Mm. And it was one of those things because I never ran with other people. I never ran with friends. I have always been sort of a solo runner. But it was just one of those things where it was like I just started to feel better about myself the more I ran and I could feel a difference in myself when I ran. I mean, I remember at one point when I started running or when I started running and I probably took a break from running and I had probably gotten close to 300 pounds and I was just like, wow, this is, this is not good. And so I just started, you know, running a couple times a week and, the weight started to come back off again and I feel better about myself. And that was, that was just really the impetus of me keeping, keeping in the running. Mm-hmm. And then 
started challenging myself with the running. You know, I finally got my first 5K done where I didn't have to stop and walk during the middle of the race. So I was like, okay, we've got 5K done. What's next? Oh, the 10K. Okay, let's move up to the 10K. And then while I was in Atlanta, they had this race series. It was called the Iron Horse Challenge, more or less. And it was kind of a year-long race series, which was perfectly timed out. You know, your first race was a 5K. Then three months later, you had a 10K. Then three months after that, you had a 15K. And then you finished off with a half marathon. So, That's a nice know, little progression right there. Th- yeah. Right. It was a nice little progression of, okay, here's my first mark. Here's my second mark. Here's my third one. And then here's the final. And I think getting through that one is what really kind of helped build my obsession with the half marathon at the time. Mm. You know, because I had finally made it through the 5K. I had made it through the 10. I had made it through the 15, but that half marathon was like the one I couldn't quite, couldn't quite get through. Mm-hmm. And then I got my first six half marathons were crazy weather marathons. Like it would always seem to rain in the middle of my half marathons, oh, and I just, I'd be miserable. I'm just like, can I just get one where the weather doesn't? go crazy on me at some point during the race. Hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, if you've run, run long enough, we've all, we've all been there where, where we have those, uh, those races where the conditions don't line up, but that's, that's a tough pill to swallow when it's, when it seems like it's every, you know, every, every half marathon, like in your case, you know, first five, six half marathons, weather issues. Um, what was uh, of those of those races? Which which one stands out in your mind as as the worst conditions? Whether it's you know just downpours or wind and cold or or what was what was the worst of the conditions of the of the marathons? Because again, we've all been there, and I think maybe misery loves company when it comes to war stories about about terrible weather races that we've run. Oh, I'd probably say it was the Publix half marathon on St. Patrick's Day. Mm. It started off nice and. You know, it was a good running day. It probably started off in the 60s. Nice breeze, cool. And it rained. And the rain wasn't even like a heavy rain. It was just a nice, it was a nice drizzle, you know, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing miserable about it. But then when it stopped, the sun came out. Oh. The humidity came back. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, wait a minute. This is not what I was dressed for. <laughs> yes, when when uh, what was what was keeping things nice and cool and comfortable goes awry and the sun comes out and yeah, it turns into a steam bath real quick. Yeah, you know, it's like going from the refrigerator to the oven real quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. it was it was not pleasant, not pleasant at all. Yeah, I've I've had I've had a couple of those those type of experiences on race and and then I've had a couple of those times where. Um, and I don't know, maybe you can relate to this or not, Keith, but I know sometimes in the summer months, I'm like, you know, we get those, those afternoon rain showers and it's like, Oh, this is going to be glorious. Like I don't mind running in the rain and it's cool. It it cools things down a little bit, of course, with the rain coming down. Um, 
which is fantastic, but it's not so fantastic when you're still a mile or two from getting back home and all of a sudden that rain stops just as fast as it starts and the sun comes back out. And yeah, you just, you're just getting the, 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 the heat from the sun, the steam from that, from the asphalt. And, uh, it makes it a, lo- a little bit longer mile or two back home, um, than, than what you had hoped it would be if it would have kept raining. You're right. The other thing was that I had to force myself though, to train, on those days, like mm-hmm. I would have, like if I knew it was going to rain or possibly rain during one of my training runs, I would just completely avoid it. So then when it happened on race day, I wasn't prepared for it. So eventually I just had to force myself to go out and do it a few times so that mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like, we've done this before. You can do this again. Let's roll with it. So, yeah, that's that's a I don't know, not necessarily an interesting point, but it's it's, it's a point of contention I think sometimes in 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 various running circles and in a conversation I've had with folks over the years. Um, and, and and to me, it feels like there's there's a a fine maybe not a fine line, but there's a bit of a line between training in rough conditions just to, just to suffer and training in rush and and tougher conditions. To, to give yourself the confidence that, yeah, if, if conditions aren't perfect on race day, it's, it's going to be okay. I know what to expect. I know how to maybe dress, dress differently or what kind of things to wear, to not wear, depending on, on the conditions. Um, but, but I could see, I think, you know, and, and, and I guess my, my question I'm getting to is, do you still feel that way about, about running in some type some, some more difficult conditions now that you're more experienced and you've been there, done that? Like, do you still force yourself to get out there? Do you embrace the, those, those rougher days? Or do you just be like, yep, you know what today going to, going to call an audible, going to stay inside. No harm, no foul. It's hit or miss. Hmm. It's really hit or miss. You know, it depends on if I'm in a training cycle or not. You know, if I'm just out, if I'm just running to be running, and it's I know it's going to be a miserable day, I might call an audible. You know, I might just run a shorter distance or stay close to home so that you know when that weather does turn miserable. Okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. We're done. There's no reason to push through it. Whereas if I know that that's the weather that might show up on race day. You know, I might push one run just to reacclimate myself to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I try to I try to match my training cycle towards what my race day is going to look like. So if I'm running a dual challenge where I'm running two races on race day, you know, I might on my training day I'm going to run a distance take a break and then go out and run another distance so that my body is my body, my mind is saying, Oh yeah, we're going to have to take a break and we're going to have to come back and mm-hmm. do these shenanigans again. <laughs> and this is, and this is what it's going to feel like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, it's also like running on dead legs sometimes Mm -hmm. because I know that those last four miles of a race, last four or five miles of a race, my legs are going to feel like cement. So if I know what my legs are going to feel like when they're cement, then I can power through that and not be like, 
okay, let's shut it down and let's just walk the last four. Right. Whereas if I know what it feels like, I know I can kind of power through it, you know, mm-hmm. play those mind games with myself. Of, okay, we got to get from here to that tree. Okay, now we got to get from that tree to that fire hydrant. You know, you start, you kind of can, you give yourself little, I don't know, mental games to just kind of get through sometimes. And that's what kind of works for me, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I totally, uh, totally agree with that. And, and, uh, again, you know, those of us that have been running for, for very long at some point, at some point we've all had to, to, to play those mental games or, or I sometimes refer to them as just, you know, the mental gymnastics of convincing yourself that like, Oh, I just have to run one mile four more times instead of four more miles. Like, like I, I can run a mile, like no big deal. I've, I've run a mile dozens of times. Like I can do it again. No big deal. Four miles right now might be too much, but one mile, you know, we can make that work. Uh, but you mentioned in there that, that, um, you know, kind of doing the training similar to the race as much as you can for both the mental and the physical. And I think that it's easy to focus our, our efforts, our, our training efforts on the physical benefits and the physical preparedness that, that we're going to need for race goals or, or whatever ambitions that we might have. Um, but I know for me, it took, it took a while, probably longer than I want to admit, um, to, to realize that the training that I'm doing is, is certainly there's mental benefits and there's, there's mental, um, you know, like, like, like it's, it's, I don't know, maybe it's just as much mental as it is physical a lot of times. And, and the, the strength that I get mentally from getting out for my training pays off on, on race day as much as it does as, as the physical benefits I get. And I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to get to in a long drawn out way as, as is my, my usual scenario with asking questions, um, did it take you a while to, to realize that the training is, is, has as, as certainly as many, ben- potentially as many mental benefits uh, as it does physical, or was that something that you kind of stumbled into along the way? I'd probably say I stumbled into it in a way, you know, because, you know, the first couple of races that I went out, out for, I was always gung-ho for. Like, I was mentally... I was mentally sharp. I was prepared, at least mentally. I felt I was prepared physically. I felt I was prepared. And then one race, I was just like, I got up and I was just like, Oh, I didn't sleep. Well, I was tired. I didn't want to go. I was standing around before the race started. And I was like, man, I want to be anywhere but here. You know, we lined up, took off. The first mile ticked off. Ugh. The second mile ticked off. Ugh. The third mile ticked off. Ugh. And then finally, it was just like, my mind was like, okay, here we go. And I was like, oh, okay. And I started to feel better as, you know, I started putting it in that distance. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed on some of my training days, when I didn't want to be out there, it was kind of the same thing. Okay, let's just get through the first. Let's get through the first half mile. Let's get through the second half mile. Let's get through the third half mile. Okay, we're starting to find our rhythm. Mm-hmm. Let's pick it up. And, you know, it was like, okay, we know we've done this before. We know, okay, if we get to a certain distance, we're going to start to feel better about what's going on. So, yeah, I definitely think that the mental – the mental training is just as important as the 
physical training because then it all starts to you can draw back on it, you know. It's you know, it's like I'll take it back to when I first started running in Atlanta. I used to never want to run hills. Hated running hills. But you can't find a race in Atlanta that doesn't have <laughs> at least one hill right. in it. And so it was just like I had to force myself to say, okay, we got to start <laughs> we got to start training on hills if we're going to want to if we want to have good races we got to start training on hills and it was one of those things where it was like oh i hate it i hate it i hate it i hate it and then you just begin to embrace it like you know it's gonna suck <laughs> but you know on race day it's what you do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's not going to be as bad because again you know you've done it before yeah, I, I I feel like, you know, and, and and I'm certainly no expert in running hills because of where I live. I don't have the, exactly the opportunity to practice on a lot of a lot of big hills and big climbs and things like that. But but the the limit, like we do have a couple of you know what what people who live where hills are would maybe not really classify as as much for hills. But you know for the area, we we got a couple of of decent little hills here. And as much as I, you know, kind of like what you're saying, Keith, as much as I don't enjoy running them consistently when they're a semi-regular part of my, my long run or, or whatever, um, when I do stumble upon a hill on race day or, or heaven forbid, when I travel outside of central Florida to a place where there's, where, you know, whether it's Atlanta or whether it's, it's North Carolina or wherever, some of the places I've run races where it's just like, man, it, these hills never end. Um, it doesn't make them more enjoyable, but they're, they're a bit less daunting because I've, I've been there, done that even on smaller hills, at least it's something to, to draw back on. And so, so yeah, just continuing to, to, Put in the effort. It, it, it does make a difference mentally and physically for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember my first my first Disney half. You know, again, we think of Central Florida as pretty flat. Mm-hmm. And then you're out there on the first, dis- you know, I'm doing my first Disney half. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute. We're <laughs> running up an exit. You know, we're running up an exit ramp. Oh, goodness. This is a hill. But then, you know, the old mental training of running in Atlanta kicks in, you know, shorten your stride, Mm -hmm. look to the top of the hill, (laughs) remember to breathe, you know, all the things that you've done in the past, again, they start to kick in and you, even though you haven't done them in a while, they, you know, the practice of having done them in the past, it the mind just kind of goes back mm-hmm. to it and it just, you know, you start to rely on it because you've done it in the past. It's, it's just there and you, it's almost instinct. It's like, okay, shorten your stride. Look to the top of the hill. Remember to breathe, slow down. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and I think that's really the important part about hills that I had to learn the hard, hard way, especially going up. Mm-hmm. don't rush the hill <laughs> yeah in case you're going to die by the time you're at the top yeah well yeah and and, and again i mean and not that we need to make this a master class on hill running two two guys living in florida are going to make a master class on running hills <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it is there is something to 
again, whether you're practicing on short little rinky-dink Florida hills or, or overpasses, which is what it tends to be most of, most of my hills, they're, you know, the overpass over the train track or overpass over the highway or whatever the case might be. And that's, that's those Disney, you know, the Disney overpasses that are the, the rolling hills at the end of the Disney races. Um, but when you, when you do that somewhat, you know, not, not all the time, but you, you get comfortable with it. Um, you know, it's just, it's just one of those, one of those little tools in the toolbox that you may not need it all the time, but when, when you do, it comes back and yeah, learning to not just try to, you know, maintain the exact same pace all the way up the hill. Like, you know, you're going to slow down a little bit, but that, but that energy savings, you might make it up on the downhill, but, but if not, you'll at least not fade on the flats because you didn't burn it all out going up the hill. And, um, you know, again, the type of lessons that, that we learn, whether it's hills or whether it's running tangents or, or whatever it is, um, sometimes with experience, sometimes you're able to, to glean some things from other folks and learn a little bit of lessons that way. Um, but it just kind of comes with experience and, and maybe there's something about mental training that comes with experience too. Of just the more times you're, you're in certain situations, the less daunting it becomes, the more you're easy to kind of, maybe not easy, but the, the more easily you're able to kind of roll with the punches, adapt, adjust, and, and hopefully come out without too many, you know, without, without burning too much energy up or stressing out too much and you're able to get on with the rest of the run or the race and, and still finish strong. Absolutely. So, um, talked about a few half marathons, not that there's anything wrong with not climbing the ladder to the marathon, but have you, have you dipped your toes in the marathon water or is half marathon pretty good for you? I've done two marathons. I've done the Disney marathon mm-hmm. and I did Chicago two years ago. Okay. What's, what's your, uh, what's your take on 26.2? Love it. Hate it. A, a, a whole lot of, a whole lot of work for, uh, maybe not as much joy on race day. Like, like what's, what's your 26.2 take? I love the 26.2. I hate training for the 26.2 in Florida. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> it is probably the hardest thing, especially if you're training for like a fall mm-hmm. marathon. You're putting in all that hard work during the but then you find out that all that hard work in the summer really pays off, especially if you're running somewhere where it's cooler mm-hmm. on race day. Because when you get there, your body is not working nearly as hard yep. as you were when you're here. And all of a sudden there's a speed that I have <laughs> that I didn't have because I was running in the heat. Yeah. I, I feel like I have this conversation with, with whether it's people that I'm coaching or whether it's just, you know, uh, trying to re- encourage people or reassure people on, on, on social media or whatever, every year where it's like, yeah, you're, you're probably going to slow down a bit in the summer because of the heat. And it, it doesn't really matter if you live in, Florida or Texas or Michigan or New Hampshire or, or wherever, if it's, if it's hot for you, it's, it's hot for you. And, and, um, it's going to impact your running a little bit, but the, the adaptations that our bodies make when we, when we put them in that situation, um, if, if you can, if you can get race data to be a cooler day, which not always, not always guaranteed to be the case, especially for those early fall races. But if you, if you hit, if you hit somewhat close to the jackpot on a cooler race day, man, that training for the summer through the summer, it, it, you know, if Red Bull, if Red Bull gives you wings, I don't know what summer training gives you, but it gives you a boost. That's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did, did I see, and, and if this is uh tearing off a scab that you don't want to open, let me know. And we'll, we'll uh, quickly divert to something else. But uh, 
did did you have some issues with trying to run Chicago this year? I feel like I I remember seeing that on social media. And and, and again, if if we don't want to go down that route, we don't have to. But what was were you trying to run Chicago this year? So I was scheduled for Chicago this year, and so the whole the entire story is I flew into I was scheduled to fly into Chicago the Friday before the race. Mm-hmm. I was going to get there Friday night, hit the expo on Saturday checking in my hotel Saturday night, be ready for Sunday morning. We got delayed here in Orlando. Mm. Then as we were getting ready to land at Midway in Chicago, we got diverted up to Milwaukee. Mm. Had to sit in Milwaukee for four hours. Then flew back to Midway. And this whole time I'm having trouble breathing hmm. not like major trouble breathing but i could feel it and i was but i was just thinking it was the anxiety of traveling mm-hmm. and everything else saturday morning i wake up i'm feeling good mom's taking me to the airport to pick up my rental car since i couldn't pick it up the night mm-hmm. before right next thing i know i had walked maybe 20 feet and passed out oh lord Turns out I had a double pulmonary embolism. Hmm. So mom comes back, rushes me down to the hospital, and I spent the next four days in the hospital. Oh, Lord. Recovering from a DPE. Wow. Well, that, uh, that was just an understatement of the, of the day. Not, a, not, not the, the weekend you had planned. No, not the weekend I had planned at all. Goodness so, gracious. Well, clearly, um, you know, you're you're here talking about it. So so the story ends from the health side of things well. Um, but but I mean, no and, and forgive me for not being the the, the expert on DPE, but I'm a, the, the pulmonary embolism situation. Uh, no maybe know enough to be dangerous, which again, correct me if I'm wrong, but for those that, that are even less up to up to speed than I am, blood clot in the lungs, is that that's what we're talking about? Yes. Okay. Um, so four days in the hospital, is surgery involved? No surgery. Okay. Um, just sat around on blood thinners for four days. Mm-hmm. They were going to do, they were going to do a procedure, but they were worried that where one of the clots was that if they did it, it would probably do more damage than good. So we just, they took a conservative route mm-hmm. Uh, they monitored me for a couple of days. Then, let's see, I went in on that Saturday. I went home. I was released on Wednesday, flew back home on Friday. Gotcha, gotcha. Was there, and, and again, if this is getting too personal, you don't want to go down, like, no worries, we'll we'll, we'll pivot off. Um, but w- w- was there any ideas of what caused it? Cause I feel like that would be the, the, the thing that would be hanging in my head of like, what was there something I did, something I didn't do, something I, I should try to avoid doing in the future. Like any, any, anything that they were able to pick up as to, to what caused the, the, the double pulmonary embolism. We don't know if it was some kind of trauma to my leg that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it's a side, it was a minor side effect of my booster shot. Mm. We could have been genetic. Right. There, you know, we really, there's been nothing to 
narrow it down to, you know, um, you know, my legs had been sore for a couple of weeks, but again, I attributed it to, Hey, I'm marathon training, right? Right. (laughs) You know, so it didn't, you know, there were no real bells or whistles that were going off ahead of time Mm -hmm. other than the shortness of breath. But again, I attribute it to anxiety and being slightly asthmatic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So again, nothing was really going, Hey, right. We're, we might be having a health crisis here. Yeah. No, no alarm bells that weren't easily explainable at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So what, what, um, what has running been like post, post, uh, I guess not but post post getting back from Chicago post post being in the hospital. Like has it been uh, dialed back, back to its relatively normal level of base training? Like, like what's running been like the last couple of months? Or I guess so the last month I, is the timeline really actually is. So whatever details. Sorry, go ahead. So, so my doctor cleared me to run right before Halloween mm-hmm. and the first two runs were like I had never run before. Mm. The the first day I probably made it a mile and I was dead. Mm-hmm. The second day probably made it two miles. And now I feel like I'm all the way back. Awesome. I went out this last weekend and I put in pretty much a half marathon distance running some hills up in Lake and Polk County. Mm-hmm. So, I I feel strong. I feel good. I probably feel better than I was when I was in middle of training for Chicago. Let's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, obviously not not. Uh, you know, no no. What am I trying to say here? Not glad that it happened, of course. I mean, n- nothing like that. Um, but but to have have pretty well bounced back in about a month to be feeling pretty, pretty good. Um, and, and have you running come back? I, I, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to get is that so often we as runners are, are worried that if, you know, you take a couple days off, you take, uh, heaven forbid, you take a week or two off, like you're going to lose all this fitness. And in the short term, sure. Like you said, the first run back, brutal. Second run back, not, not a picnic either. Um, but you know, in the, in the big picture, a, a, a life threatening medical condition month off and then a month ish of, of training to get back pretty much back where you were like, like, you know, again, we could erase the, the, the situation. Obviously we would love to, but big picture, like training effect, pretty negligible. It sounds like. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a little shocked that I can't, I've come back as fast as I have. Mm-hmm. And again, I think a lot of it is been mental Mm-hmm. of saying, okay, are you tired or are you tired? Right. And then it's just a matter of listening to my body as well. Like, okay, maybe we're not going to run three days in a row like we used to, mm-hmm. or we're not going to do three heavy days in a row like we used to. You know, we might shorten it up a little bit might go a little slower but we're still gonna we're still gonna go right 
and and that's and that's okay you know like like again you know it's so easy to get stuck with or not stuck but stuck in the in the rut of this is my plan or this is my routine um and you know i gotta i gotta keep working you know if i'm not gonna get any stronger i'm not gonna get any faster i'm not gonna build my endurance if i don't push myself and to a point there's yes there's some truth to that but also like like you said learning to listen to your body and and being willing to back off a little bit isn't going to set you back and and in a lot of cases or at least in some cases it's probably going to help you help propel you forward more than it's going to, you know, cost you any fitness or anything like that. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. So, so now that, that hopefully, you know, fingers crossed and wood knocked and all that kind of good stuff, the, the, the health scare behind you, hopefully it doesn't rear its, its head again, anytime, anytime ever, let alone anytime soon. What's, uh, what's the future looking for you as, you know, as, as we're getting this recording in, in end of November and it'll be out in the middle part of December. I mean, obviously new year, new year is coming. Do you have any ambitions for 2022 as far as races are concerned or, or running or anything like that? So I know this is going to sound crazy, but I have dopey on the schedule for the beginning of January. Oh boy. Yeah, that's, that's correct. That's crazy is one word. Dopey is another word, but uh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've got the Illinois Marathon at the end of April. Um, I'm hoping for Chicago again this year. Mm-hmm. And then I've got Philadelphia in November. The, so I'm doing the Philadelphia half and marathon oh, during that weekend. A little challenge situation. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Have you, have you done, like, I know you'd mentioned earlier kind of some of the, the same day challenges. Have you done weekend challenges before? I've done weekend challenges before. I've done, I've done Gasparilla three times. Okay. The full, the full four, the four races. full four race challenges in two days. Yeah, I've done that one before. And that's that's really the only challenge that I've done. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, the, the, what they say for whatever for whatever they are are worth. What the, what they say for for Dopey. The hardest part is just the, the early morning wake up calls every day. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> and I think they're starting even earlier this year. I think they're starting at like five this I think year. They might be. I think they might be. Are you uh, as as someone who's who's done a, a couple Disney? I've never done Dopey, but I did Goofy once a couple years ago, which and I loved it. I thought it was great, um, and certainly will will probably be on my list to do again at some point. Um, but but the maybe the million man the million dollar question but the the ten cent question, um, you staying at home being local or are you you gonna stay at at, at Disney, um for for the the dopey weekend. I'm gonna stay home. Yeah. And for me it'll be easier because I'll be relaxed. Yeah. I'll be in a familiar environment. I won't have to worry about the outside distractions mm-hmm. as much. And being able to drive there, it's still only a 15-minute drive from where I'm at, so it's pretty good. And it'll help me drive off. Driving will help burn off some of that pre-race anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, you know, and I don't have to deal with the anxiety of being trapped on a bus mm-hmm. or waiting for a bus. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get to trying to get to the start line you yeah. know it's like okay if i get there early i can chill in my car and you know just kind of 
<sighs> mellow out. Whereas dealing with the anxiety of being with hundreds of other runners <laughs> talking about getting into the race. And, you know, that's to me, that's even more stressful than <laughs> thinking about the race yep. itself. So yep. I, I totally you know, agree. That, that alone. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. A long time. That a long time will do me some real good. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I've done, like I said, I, I, I did the Goofy a couple of years ago, uh, and then I've done multiple single races. I've probably done, I don't know, a dozen or, or more Disney races over the years. Um, and w- whether I stayed on property or whether I've stayed at home and, and driven up the morning of, um, I've always just taken my own car. Like something, I, I feel like home field advantage, you got you got to use home field advantage when you have the opportunity. And whether it's staying at home or whether it's just not having to wait for a bus. And like, like you said, you still might get there early in the parking lot, but you can sit in the car and chill as opposed to being just sitting on, on whatever, on the ground or st- just standing for an extra hour waiting for the race to start. Like, like, yeah, use, use those, use that home field advantage. It sounds like you got the, the plan in place. So I, I, I like it. I like the plan. Yeah. And it's like the way that they've been sending it up the last couple of years, there is no place to sit down no. once you, no. once to get out there. So it's like, you know, unless you're paying for the VIP section, mm-hmm. you're going to be, you know, you're going to be standing. So, you know, why not just, you know, I've got the SUV so I can just sit in the back and yep. recline a little bit, put the tunes on <laughs> and, and good to go. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You know, I can have my pre-race, pre-race, my pre-race meal while I'm sitting there in the parking lot and get my stretch on when we walk that long distance back yeah. out to the, yeah, you get plenty of time to, to get your warm up line. in from the from the car to the start line. You got a mile and a half probably at least, so uh, between the, the parking lot and then the, the whole way back. So yeah, it'd be be good to go. Uh, we're looking forward to to following along with that, Keith, and, and hearing how that goes. It's is a as a another you know local local ish person who who enjoys himself some Disney and some Run Disney. It's always always good to see uh, photos of of Disney Race Weekend and stuff, and and I'll be looking for those. But uh, before we we officially wrap things up, this will be the last question. I promise I'll get you out of here. Uh, but I, I, got, I like to close with something I call a philosophical question. So kind of similar to the introductory question in that it's open-ended. You can take it long answer, short answer, medium answer. You can go whichever direction you want to go. But uh, just be curious. At, at this point in your life, I think maybe this is the most common philosophical question. I don't know, whatever, for whatever that's worth. But uh, why do you run? Why, why is running something that's important to you? What, what does it do for you uh, to, to, you know, that makes you want to keep getting out there, you know, on a regular basis, train for races, all those types of things? You know, put, again, just to put it simply, why, why do you run, Keith? Whew. I say the first part is it just clears my mental space. Mm. You know, I'm just, when I go out there, just, I can think about something and then just let it run through my head for a few minutes and it allows me to get a different perspective on it, I guess. And then the second reason is it just, it's a challenge. Mm. You know, sometimes it's, you know, especially with the marathon, per se, or even, or even a half marathon. It's, hmm, can I still do this? It's not necessarily about a time for me. It's covering the distance. It's finishing something that you started, I guess, for me. is mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, you know, because... Knock on wood, I've never had to DNF a race. Even if I've had to walk most of it, mm-hmm. I feel like if I get across the start line, 
I need to make it to the finish line one way or the other. So that's really the challenge for me is just finishing something that I finishing something that I start and, you know, clearing that mental space, that challenge. Absolutely. As, as is often the case when I get to the, I mean, the reason I love the philosophical question so much is, is somebody starts answering it. I'm just like nodding my head going, yep, yep. I've been there. Totally can relate. Totally can relate. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure lots of other folks are, are nodding their head right now as well. So Keith, thank you for sharing that. And, and guys, once again, uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, same handle, both places, which always makes it easy. You don't have to remember two different things or try to try to track them down one or the other uh, at runner West. R-U-N-N-E-R-W-E-S-T on Instagram and Twitter. Follow along. I'm sure, judging by his social media in the past, there's plenty of things worth following along. Always good always good comments, always good things going on. Uh, probably some good photos around Disney weekend and, and other things as well. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 1004. Take you back to the show notes for today. If you need some links or anything we talked about, it'll all be linked up and, and synops, synopsisized. That's not a word, but there'll be a synopsis there, or whatever I'm trying to say. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 1004. Uh, Keith, this is what you get around here. You never know what kind of nonsense is going to fall out of my mouth when I start yapping, flapping the old yap. But uh, thank you for, for making the time today, my friend. Uh, it, it's been a pleasure. I, ho- I hope you enjoyed it and certainly uh, wish you nothing but the best going forward. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this conversation for several months. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Keith and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your little takeaway from our little chit chat that uh, we just had? For me, it goes back to early in the episode when Keith was talking about, you know, as he kind of got, got into running and, and was a way to, to, to lose some weight and kind of improve his health. And then he started challenging himself with different challenges, you know, whether it was 5Ks or half marathons or whatever, climbing the ladder, running more, like, like whatever it was, different ways to challenge yourself. And to me, that, that stands out because I think that it's easy for myself, maybe for you, but certainly easy for myself to kind of get a little bit of maybe tunnel vision when it comes to challenging myself. Basically meaning, if I'm, if I'm going to be honest, that I kind of sometimes feel like if, if I'm going to challenge myself, it's, it's all about pace and that's it. All about how fast did I run on race day and that's, and that's it. And thankfully, when you know Keith was kind of sharing that, that bit about his story in, in the early days of his running and the different ways that he was challenging himself, it was like the light bulb came on. And it was like, well, of course, of course, there are different ways to challenge ourselves. And certainly, you know, running for PRs and, and trying to set new new time records, that's that's one. And there's nothing wrong with that as a way to challenge yourself. But are there other ways as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially, you know, as as some of us know all too well, and we all we, we will all figure out eventually, the older you get, you keep running. But now all of a sudden, sometimes those PRs that you might have set in your 20s are maybe a little more out of reach from, you know, when you're in your 40s or 50s. And so sometimes you have to come up with some different ways to challenge yourself if you're a pace focused or pace, you know, if that's, if that's the thing that really kind of excites you is setting PRs. When, when that day comes that, that the PRs are probably not going to be touched anymore, well, then what can you do? Maybe it's longer distances. Maybe it's, you know, getting off the roads onto the trails. Maybe it's getting off the trails onto the track and doing some masters running like, you know, with last week's episode with Steven. Um, you know, there's a whole host of ways. Maybe it's, it's you know, mixing up as far as, as like what kind of, if you're, do, if you're an interval runner, it's different ways to challenge yourself with different intervals, shorter rest periods, longer running periods, whatever, whatever 
fits for you, whatever is, is the right thing for you. Um, but going into, into the new year, I'm trying to think of some ways to challenge myself, um, that aren't necessarily just pace related. And, and maybe that's why that, that stood out so much for me in this episode. So that's my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? What's that thing that's going to kind of just keep festering in your brain? going forward. If you're willing to share, I'd love to hear it at Diz Runs on Twitter, at Diz Runs on Instagram. You can also head over to the show notes for today. Well, I'm throwing a loop there. You can head over to the show notes for today, DizRuns.com slash 1004. We've got a couple of photos, some some links, of course, and, and we've got that comment section down at the bottom. You can also send me an email, which usually I say first, but you know, whatever it is, what it is. DizRuns.com. Nope, sorry. DizRuns at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, you can let me know what stood out to you there as well. Always love to hear from you. Always love to, to kind of know if there's something that, that stood out to you. And, and a lot of times when you do share, uh, it's something that maybe I hadn't thought about or it's a different perspective. And that's that's why I always share mine. Uh, hopes that maybe it gets your, your gears turning a little bit. And when you're willing to share yours, it gets my gears turning as well. So that's, that's certainly appreciated. But uh, one way or the other, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, hit that share button. And one last time before we wrap up for today, if you're in the market for a little... Uh, a little chit chat to kind of help you through something a little a little one-off call those are available disruns.com slash consultation is the link all the information's right there if you have any issues with that let me know and we'll get it sorted jump on the phone and hopefully get you sorted going forward um, and help you kind of have a, a clear clear idea in mind of what you're going to do how you're going to go and hopefully have some smooth sailing ahead so disruns.com slash consultation if you're interested and with that we'll go ahead and wrap this one up uh Y'all, thanks for uh, your time and attention. Thanks for taking us with you today, Keith and myself, wherever it was that we went today. Hope it was a good day for you. And uh, until next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? See you guys.